Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. You know, when I think about uh, moms and just women in general, I just think of the, the role that you play in building a loving community. You know, that, that you are so essential in building a, a loving community within your family, uh, a loving community uh, within a congregation, and I just want to celebrate that today. And I want to learn from uh, a woman, a faithful woman, who did the same thing. And what she did blessed generations to come. And, and that's what I think every, every mom, I mean, I think all of us, right? We want to make a positive impact, not just right now, but for eternity. So I want to talk to you about Naomi. Now, Naomi, <clears throat> are you having fun with us voices? Naomi's story ends in a great way, and that's where I want to start. On the back of the worship folder, I quote from Ruth chapter 4. I think Ruth really should be called Naomi, because, you know, Naomi is the main character of the book. Why? Yeah, why is it called Ruth? So Naomi's book in Ruth chapter 4 verse 17 ends this way. You know, her friends are all excited. Naomi has a son. I can do that really good, can I? Isn't that great? And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. The story ends in such a great way. You know, Naomi's story, when we start the book of Ruth, is in a pretty dark place. She leaves her homeland because of a famine that they're going to starve to death. Uh, and so they go to Moab, and in Moab she loses not only her husband, but both of her sons. What a sad, sad start to the story. But we know how the story ends. You know, at the end of the story, you have a son, Naomi, this is so exciting. And Naomi's son, Obed, is the father of Jesse, who is the father of King David. You know that that God used Naomi to build a, a beautiful community, a family of faith that blessed the whole nation of Israel. She was the grandmother or the great-grandmother of mighty King David. Her household brought blessings to the entire nation. Not only that, it didn't just last a few generations. You know, for those of us who have memorized the catechism as a kid, there was this conclusion to the commandments. Uh, and there's a part of it that says that ours is a jealous God punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. You know, and you always kind of scratch your head and go, ooh, this is kind of scary. And what, what God is doing is he's, he's saying so very clearly, you know, the decisions that we make within our households as we try to build families, communities, if we make ungodly decisions, we are going to have, bring a negative effect for generations to come. 
And that's where we spend most of my time, or mo where I spent most of my time when I was teaching confirmation class and explaining that part. And I for kind of forgot to focus on the last part because this is really special. Showing love to thousands who love them and, and love him and keep his commandments. You know, and what's not always immediately apparent is he's talking about a thousand generations. So again, on the back of the worship folder, I quote from Deuteronomy 7, a very similar passage. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Isn't it fun to think that because Mary made, or Naomi made godly decisions in the book of Ruth 3,000 years ago, that we, her spiritual descendants, a thousand generations later, are being blessed by the godly decisions that she, has, she made. We are her spiritual descendants. And, and if that's not enough, Isaiah reminds us that the promises that God made to King David, it's an eternal covenant. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David that God made an everlasting covenant. You know, just before the bridge, we always have communion, and, and the Lord's Supper uh, is, in the Lord's Supper, we receive Jesus' body and blood, and, and Jesus said that blood is the blood of the new covenant. And in that new covenant, we have this eternal promise. I will remember your sins no more. I will forgive your wickedness and remember your sins no more. That the blessings that Naomi are giving to us don't end at our death. That these are eternal blessings. This, this is an eternal community that God used Naomi to build. And on this Mother's Day, I just think that's probably the kind of impact that you as moms want to make. That you have a positive impact on your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but that you ultimately want a positive impact for a long, long time into the future, and ultimately you want your kids to be with you forever in heaven. Isn't that our goal? I think that's true for all of us, not just moms. It's true for all of us, right? We want the people that we love to be there in heaven. So what did Naomi do to build this, this solid community that brings blessings to us now and forever. What can we learn from her? Well, as you read through the book of Ruth, and I would encourage you to read through the book of Ruth, it only takes you about 20 minutes. As you read through the book of Ruth, you'll notice that the Lord's name is in constant use in the everyday language. As people just go about their everyday life, the Lord, the Savior God, is a key part of their lives. When Naomi is saying farewell to Ruth and Orpah, she says, may the Lord bless you. When Ruth is, is saying, no, I'm not going to leave you, Naomi. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. She said, she calls on the name of the Lord. May the Lord deal with me, the Savior God deal with me ever so severely if anything but death separates me from you. 
in chapter 2 of Ruth when Boaz greets his workers, I mean his employees. He says, the Lord be with you. And his employees greet back, the Lord bless you. And in chapter 3 when Naomi follows, or uh, Ruth follows Naomi's advice and she goes and, and lays down next to Boaz at the threshing floor and Boaz recognizes that it's Ruth. Boaz says, the Lord, the Savior God, bless you, my daughter. Now, now why is that so important? Because we should always remember what the Lord in all capital letters. This is Lord in all capital letters, what this means. In the podcast that will be released on Wednesday, The Great Questions, Great Conversation, uh, we talk about God's name. That God is just a generic term for, for the, the divine. Even false gods are called God. It emphasizes his power and majesty. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, it's God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He just speaks the word and it's done. Awesome power. But Lord, in all capital letters, is a name for God that is his personal name. It's only used for the true God. And his personal name emphasizes that he is the God of love. So as you read in Genesis chapter 2, it is the Lord God. He's introduced as the Lord God. In Genesis chapter 2, that's where God makes you know, an even nicer place in a perfect world called the Garden of Eden and blesses Adam and Eve in so many ways. It is the loving God, the Savior God, the Lord God who does that. And, and Lord, in all capital letters, emphasizes that, that his love is unchanging and independent. So, in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve rebel against God, it is the Lord God, the Savior God, the God who loves them in an unchanging way, independent of their rebellion. He still loves them. The Lord God makes the promise of a Savior, the child of the woman who would crush Satan's head. There's an interesting section in uh, Exodus chapter 6 where the Lord says to Moses, by my name, the Lord, all capital letters, the Lord, I have not made myself known to your ancestors. And you scratch your head and go, wait a second, Lord in all capital letters is used all the way through Genesis. What, what's, what's the Lord talking about? And what he's saying is that the characteristics that, that he wants us to think about and understand when we hear the word Lord in all capital letters, it wasn't clearly seen until the Exodus. That's when we see that this God who claimed the Israelites, who claims us as his own, is the Savior God. It's in Genesis chapter, uh, it's in Exodus, where the Lord God opens up the Red Sea so that Israelites pass through on dry ground. It is the Lord God, who watches over the Israelites, even though they grumble and complain for 40 years in the wilderness, he still claims them as his own. The Lord God is still their savior. And it is the Lord God who shows that he is faithful to his promise as he brings them into the promised land. You see, it is in the Exodus that we see that the God that we worship, the Lord God, his personal name, is a name that says, I am your savior. I love you with an unchanging love that you can count on. And now 
when you read through Ruth and you see how they use the Lord's name in their everyday life, you realize that all the main characters who build this community have this solid foundation. They knew that the God they worshiped was their savior God. There was this, this mutual trust in the Lord as the, the first layer of the foundation. Then there was mutual trust in each other. Ruth trusts Naomi. Ruth says, I'm willing to leave everything that I know because I trust you, Naomi. I have seen your faith in the Savior God in action, and I trust you, and I am going to go along with you to Bethlehem to be away from all of my family. It is Boaz who trusts Ruth. In chapter 2, Boaz mentions that I know that you are the, the Moabite who has shown your faith in the Lord in the way that you treat Naomi. I trust you. Why don't you stay in my fields and glean here? And it is Naomi who trusts Boaz when she recognizes that he is the guardian redeemer. And there's this added layer of trust, this whole idea that Boaz will fulfill his role as the guardian redeemer. There is this mutual trust. Now, what is the guardian redeemer? It's a, an idea that's kind of foreign to our society, but a guardian redeemer was your closest relative who had responsibilities to take care of you. The guardian redeemer, your closest relative, had the responsibility that if you were in poverty and the only way you could feed yourself was to sell yourself into slavery, that the guardian redeemer had the responsibility to buy you back from that slavery, to redeem you. That the guardian redeemer had the responsibility, if you were poor and you sold your, your, your family inheritance, the guardian redeemer had the responsibility to buy that land so that that inheritance, that your part of the promised land would stay in the family. In fact, if you were murdered, your guardian redeemer, your closest relative, had the responsibility to avenge your murder. The same Hebrew word as guardian redeemer is translated avenger of blood. And finally, the guardian redeemer had the responsibility that if, if you were married and you died without children, that he was to marry your widow and, and raise up the first son that was born as his not as his son, but as your son. Boaz is the guardian redeemer, the closest relative that Naomi has, and she trusts that Boaz will fulfill his duties as the guardian redeemer. So with all of that, with that strong foundation, it is no wonder that, that God used Naomi to build this absolutely strong, secure family, this household of faith that blesses generations for years, or people for generations to come, even to us. Now this is great to see, and we celebrate that, but you know, one of the ways that we're wired is we not only look at accounts like this and, and celebrate, look at what the Holy Spirit can do, we tend to make comparisons. And maybe 
moms, this is a day that it's easy to start making comparisons. And you go, well, yeah, Ruth's household, Ruth's community of faith that she built, it is absolutely perfect. It is solid, but that's not the way my family is. That's not the way I am. I have all kinds of flaws. And that's the time to go back to Ruth chapter 1 and recognize that Ruth's or that uh, Naomi's household was a flawed community. So I put it up on the screen so that you can fill in all the blanks if you're a blank filler outer. But uh, just think of what's missing. She was lacking societal support. If you read the last few chapters of Judges, you find out that this is an incredibly vile time in the history of God's people. The society that Naomi was living in was antagonistic to the faith. There would be no way that she could build a family that would bless generations to come. Sometimes don't we feel that way when we see that, that there is so much in our society that is contrary to what we believe and hold dear? Hers was a household that was lacking financial support. She was a widow. When, when Naomi and Ruth come back to Bethlehem, Naomi is, sends Ruth out into the fields to pick up stray stalks of barley so that at the end of the day, maybe they'll have just a little cup of, of grain so that they can make a loaf of bread and they don't die that day. They, were, they, were, they didn't have the money that, that they really needed to build a strong family. How many times don't we feel that way? I wish I could give my kids more. The Lord could use a family lacking financial support to bless us a thousand generations later. This was a family that was lacking family members. On Mother's Day, this is especially a day when, when many of us think about people that we've lost. Today, I, I think especially about my sister in Christ, Christine. She passed away two, days ago, two years ago today. How many of you think about this day and go, who's not here? And it's a day of mourning. But Ruth's family was also a family that had members missing. Husband, sons, and yet... In spite of that great big hole, God could make a household that would bless generations to come. This is a family that was lacking in relationships. You know, Naomi and Ruth were not related. Some of you, especially on Mother's Day, just feel all alone because you don't have a close family around you. But that doesn't mean that God can't use you to build a family, a relationship, a community that will bless people for generations from now. God did it for Naomi. He can do it for you. Naomi and Ruth were both single women that God used to bless us. They were a family that was lacking in commonalities. They had nothing in common. Naomi is an old woman Ruth is a young woman. Naomi is a, uh, an Israelite. 
Ruth is a Moabite. They should have nothing in common. And yet what they had in common was their common trust in the Savior God. And that was enough to overcome the, the differences that were naturally there. Now this is true in our families as we struggle with, with differences in our families. But think especially of this family of, of a God's church there are so many of you that, you know, I, I don't have much in common with you. You like things that I don't like. I like things that you don't like. What unites us? We have this common foundation in the Savior God, and he can use us to build a community that will bless generations to come. This is a family that didn't have any children. Naomi, at the end of the book, says, or her friends say, you have a son. No, she didn't. That baby that she was holding was not her son. It was not related to her by blood. And yet, even though she never had another child, there was no child of her body that succeeded her. God used Naomi to bless generations to come. My dear sisters in Christ, some of you mourn today because God hasn't chosen to give you that gift of motherhood, but God can use you to build a steady, strong foundation, a household, a family, a circle of friends and community that will bless generations to come. And then the last one is, is especially hard to imagine. And this is the hardest one to get out. It always is. Because it's the hardest one for me to come to grips with. That, that this was a family that didn't have any joy. There was no joy in this family. You know, at the end of chapter one, All of Ruth's friends are all excited. Oh, it's so good to see you. See, I can do that so well. But then Naomi says, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant or sweet. Don't call me pleasant or sweet. Call me Mara because I'm bitter. Mara means bitter. I'm bitter. I'm angry about the way God has treated me. At that moment in her household, there was no joy. And maybe right now, there is no joy in your household. And that lack of joy leads you to think, I can't possibly be used by my Savior God. It's hopeless. No, it's not. You have a God who built an incredibly strong household through Naomi. You know what's amazing? Even though this household has all these holes, it is just as solid as it was before. God can use us flawed people with flawed communities to bring blessings to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. You know, I wish that I could read your story in 20 minutes like I can read Naomi's story in 20 minutes. I wish that I knew how your story ended and how God would use you in the future in a thousand generations to bless people. But I can't read that part of the story, neither can you. I can't go back and change the Ruth one part of my story or the Ruth one part of your story. I can't remove the, the, what's lacking. I can't change the past and neither can you. But what we can do is we can have this confidence that our God can use us to build communities, families that will bless generations. 
So let's just focus on the present. Let's focus on Ruth chapters 2 and 3 where we see this foundation of trust in the Lord as the Savior God. The harder you try to build a, a, a community, a family, a church, a group of friends that, that really bless people into the future, the harder you try, the more you're going to see that there are holes in your effort and the more you can appreciate that you have a Savior God this is what we celebrate at Easter time. We celebrate that Jesus came forth from the grave to assure us that our sins are forgiven. Claim again, he is your Savior God. Build on that foundation. Build mutual trust. We'll, we'll do things that will diminish that trust, that will we'll take some of that trust away. What do we do? We come before God and we say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I've failed again. I claim that forgiveness. And then, God, give me the courage and the strength to apologize, to strive to be better, to change, so that people can see that as God is working in me, I am somebody that they can trust. Lord, work that miracle in us. And then... Trust... the guardian redeemer. You see, there's part of the guardian redeemer that I haven't shared with you yet. In the book of Job, we see that Job had a household that had all kinds of holes in it. Job got so angry with God that he, he cursed the day of his birth. He's angry with his, fam, with his friends. It seems like he's lost his faith. But even in the midst of all of that, he claims the Lord as his guardian redeemer. In Job chapter 19, he says, I know that my redeemer, I know that my guardian redeemer, I know that my kinsman redeemer, I know that my closest relative lives. And though after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see him. With my own eyes, I and not another. He knew that in spite of all the holes in his life, he still had that guardian redeemer, the closest relative, his savior God. This is what we celebrate, that our God became human flesh and blood for us. He became our closest relative. Our savior, Jesus, is our closest relative. He has redeemed us. He has saved us from our sins. He has promised that we have eternal life. And he says, I am going to protect what you are trying to build. He is our protector. And just as God used Naomi to build a community that blesses us to this day, God can use us to build a community based on trust in the Savior, trust in our, each other, trust in our guardian redeemer. He can use us to build a community that lasts forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, on this Mother's Day weekend, it is our privilege to pray for mothers and women everywhere. We pray for the women in our own lives, moms and sisters and daughters and friends. Give them joy in their service to you as they serve others. Congregation, hear their fervent prayers. 
for members of their families. Each of them know they are treasured by you. Help all of us treasure the women in our lives. We rejoice with women who are blessed with the gift of motherhood. Enable all Christian mothers to model your unconditional love to their children and so draw their children into the loving arms of their Savior. We pray for the women who live in fear for their children because of the violence in their neighborhoods and the temptations their children face. Hear their prayers and protect their children. Help their children overcome dangers and temptations and lead lives that bring glory and honor to you. We pray for the women who live in fear in our own nation and for those who live in places of suppression like Afghanistan. Protect women and allow them to enjoy freedom. Change the hearts of those in power that they might treasure women as you treasure them. We pray for all who grieve today, those who have been unable to bear children or for those who have lost children. We pray also for those who have lost their mothers and other loved ones so that this day of celebration becomes a day of additional mourning for them. Comfort these, your dear daughters and sons. Finally, bless us all as we come as your dearly loved children to receive your son's body and blood in the sacrament week after week here at the bridge. May his body and blood assure us that he is our guardian redeemer who has rescued us from sin, death, and the devil, and continues always to serve as our protector. We ask all this in Jesus' name and God's people say, Amen. And let us, now let us join together in praying the prayer that our Savior taught us to pray, bringing our personal thoughts before the throne of our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And God's people say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.